Welcome to the Inventory Professional Podcast, brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports. Join us as we discuss the latest news, legislation, and all things property, hosted by our very own inventory expert, Sean Hemming Metcalf. With regular special guests, listen in to our open and honest discussions about the role of the inventory professional and how to navigate through this ever-changing, fast-paced industry. So welcome to the Inventory Professional. My name is Sean from Inventory Base Academy, and I'm joined with my co-host, Melissa from MGN Inventories. Hi, Melissa. Thanks for joining us yet again. Hello. Pleased to be here. Brilliant. Um, today's podcast is all about getting ready for the easing of lockdown. It's all in the news. It's all over the papers. There's, there's so much conversation going on about it, quite rightly, um, because it's exciting stuff, isn't it? When you think about it, we're, we're finally, hopefully, maybe getting there. We're coming Fingers out. Fingers crossed, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. It's exciting to even have something in principle. You know, I, I think a lot of people are fairly realistic, like, it might not go exactly to plan, but to have that roadmap, to have something to work towards, I think is positive for everyone. Oh, without a doubt. And from the point of view of just kind of getting a map of some sort, some kind of structure to understand what we're going to be doing, where we're going to be going, you know, how long it might take. And I know everything's got to be taken with a huge, huge pinch of salt. Uh, because the government was saying yesterday yes the step one to step four is there the dates that they've put in from from the 9th of march onwards to hopefully the 21st of june are aims and goals but they're not set in stone no that's it and I, i think a lot of that as well is based on the human factor so there will be some people that here, you know, will be eased, hopefully, finally from 21st of June and just think, oh, well, if it's then, it might as well be now and go about and do things slightly differently. And then the infection rate will go up. And as much as they're trying to predict it, they, you know, they won't be entirely sure, which I think is what the four week delay in between each phase is. But I, it, I think it works for us in both ways. It's something to work towards. But it's something to be cautious of as well. We don't want to commit and overstretch ourselves on the basis that we might be able to do certain things from, you know, different points and then that be taken away and almost be the bad guy with, you know, agents and landlords to say that things have to change. Because whilst that wouldn't be, um, you know, down to us, we're just following the rules. I think once you have committed to something, for, for example, you know, if you have agents or landlords and you commit to a lot of inspections, if the goals change um, and the phases change and we are the ones saying, actually, now we've got to cancel a lot of them, um, it almost comes back on us, you know, even though it's not our responsibility. I get exactly what you mean. In a way, we would be held accountable for that. But you're quite right. We've got to make sure that we, one, are following the guidelines from the government, following the rules, the regulations, the law in regards to what is happening with the pandemic. Make sure we follow the steps. But equally, like you said, make sure our clients are fully aware of what our protocols are, which is why I think when we talked about the podcast beforehand, Melissa, 
I think we need to be very clear exactly what we're we're saying here that it's I think it's right now um certainly from a business point of view you've got your business I've got my business and we also talk to clerks and we've got the infantry base and infantry base academy we need to get people to start thinking about okay well as we ease out and we've got all of these steps that we're going to be looking to adhere to and also be hopeful for that they will actually carry be carried out um what are we going to do from our business point of view what do we have to think about to get like you said our clients ready get those expectations very firmly kind of um written down almost so that if a happens then b happens but if c happens then d will happen if that makes any sense so we've got to got to be very clear um, exactly what we're going to be doing with our businesses and how we're going to be getting our businesses eased through the um, lockdown and post-lockdown process. Um, and for me, I, I don't know about you, Melissa, but I've been thinking about protocols and PPE and what that means as we go through the different steps. Yes, uh, exactly the same. I've been thinking about, you know, how it impacts me personally, how it will impact the business and really how what my interpretation is of the phases and how i want to implement that and i think as as inventory professionals we need to be very clear in our own minds um what it is that we are maybe asking of clients um landlords agents and what we want as well before maybe starting those conversations um, and trying to set expectations we need to be quite clear what we're happy with and what we're comfortable with um, yeah before starting that dialogue, just so we don't necessarily get sucked into something that actually then we regret afterwards. Yeah, I agree. I, that's been one of my concerns and one of the things I've been thinking about is that whole issue of pressure. Because, you know, understandably, everybody wants to get business back on track. Everyone wants to be out there working, earning. And to be fair, you know, from a housing point of view, from the industry point of view, we've done really, really well. The fact that we've been allowed to continue. Yes, we've had um, certain protocols to adhere to and, and but no different, I don't think, you know, to anybody else. And in some respects, I think we've done quite well um in regards to being allowed to operate but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're not going to be worried about things and certainly i've spoken to a few clerks in the last few days and um, there are some really genuine concerns as to whether there's going to be an expectation that just because the government has got this roadmap and we're easing out that everybody will just say well okay that's it great business is normal you know we're just gonna get back yeah and, free know, for all <laughs> yeah exactly yeah have tenants at checkouts we're gonna have interims you're gonna be straight back into properties etc and that's not the case so I think now's the time before we literally get to step one which is effectively due to kind of start around about the 29th of March um, dependent again what numbers look like as to what we're going to do from a business point of view so that we can look after ourselves as business individuals look after our businesses look after our clerks we work with I mean I work with self-employed clerks and I want to make sure that they feel safe and happy and I equally I want to make sure that my clients are very much aware of what my protocols are so they can plan because that's the other thing as well isn't it when you think about it they've got a plan around us as well yes that's it I do think a lot of clients will almost think oh it's you know it's completely back to normal I mean we touched before on previous podcasts that maybe expectations of us are different from expectations of their staff in the office mm. um, and I think that this might be a similar case that they'll be expecting things to be pretty much 
back to normal and it's you know it's us and our businesses that are taking the impact of that which is why you know again I think we need to be very clear about what we're happy with going forward. I agree especially when it comes to the whole issue of being at the end of that particular chain the fact that businesses the agents the landlords the tenants everyone wants to get everybody in back in the houses get the numbers up get the revenue generating and because we're kind of like last in line in the lettings process which is fine which is exactly where we want to be because we don't want to be doing reports and then having cleaners and everybody else come after us you know we want to be last in line but it does mean we're under a bit of pressure from a time point of view to get reports done, get in, get done, get out, but also then to manage the expectations, as we were saying earlier on, of the, the landlord and of the tenant, especially at the checkout process. So I think with the time we've got now is to really think about what we're all going to be doing. And certainly one of the things I will be doing um, after this podcast, I will be drawing up a blog and putting all a lot of this down into writing as well. So if you know, listeners want that information, that will be available on inventory base in our blog section but I thought it'd be a great way to structure what we're saying is to look at the steps and look at what it means for us as inventory professionals so if you look at the first step that is effectively due to start from the 29th of March so that basically means from a social interaction point of view there's going to be um, no interaction indoors except for households and if there is going to be any interaction that has to be outside of the house so when you think about that so if you look at that in its very bare form that means then we are still going to have to be maintaining a zero contact policy would you agree with that Melissa or how do you feel about that that's exactly my interpretation as well is that for us and what we do, it's, it's business as usual that we, well, the new usual, <laughs> that um, don't be in contact with people. It's still limited. We wouldn't be having people at checkouts doing inspections. Um, I think that that is worthwhile managing, again, the expectations, because I think people will see the rule of six or two and it will kind of be interpreted that it can be indoors and you know weather dependent meeting tenants outdoors to have a chat about things socially distanced is fine but um indoors that's still something that we can't do no exactly so i think from a protocol point of view each of us looking at our business looking at our protocols we've got currently in place at the moment is revisiting those now and saying okay well what do i need to still keep in place so the, the government hasn't relaxed PPE, hasn't relaxed the, the need for masks at, at this stage. They haven't relaxed the, the requirement to be socially distanced, certainly two metres or one metre if you've got no choice, depending on your environment. So again, that basically says to me, we stick with where we are at the moment. We don't change. We're not having tenants um, there at checkout, but we'll obviously make sure we're, we explain that and explain why but most people understand that I've never really to be honest if you had any pushback on that have you no um no not really I think uh, tenants who are worried about their deposit they need that reassurance of what the process is that they you know they'll get a copy of the report and that kind of thing and I think talking through each of those steps tends to ease people's worries. I've not had too many people sort of insist that they're around. I've had a particularly anxious tenant that insisted on waiting outdoors, um, which was absolutely fine. They could wait until I was finished and then we discussed it afterwards. 
But um, I think it's been going on a year now, hasn't it? I think people are pretty much afraid with with what's going on. And I don't think too many people are pushing back on it or will be the time that that starts to happen. Yeah, exactly. That's, I think that's going to happen a few stages further on. But certainly for the moment, everything is, is effectively as it was yesterday the day before and it's going to be no different certainly for that first step and certainly looking at the government guidelines you know the travel advices stay at home you know work from home if you can only you should only be working from uh, outside of the home or away from home if you've got no choice which we are within that category so that side of things for me hasn't changed so when we look at step two which is effectively hopefully coming in from the 12th of april and again huge caveat and you can't see me doing this but i'm doing the whole kind of like inverted commas <laughs> sign to say that you know this may be changing so 12th of april is exactly where the government would like to be but not necessarily saying it will be the the rule um in regards to um meeting of people then changes slightly we go back to the rule of six but then again that's still outdoors that's not indoors and again indoors is basically only households which i would argue we are not part of a household um as clerks as people are visiting the home so therefore again that for me means that our protocols don't change is that yes yeah exactly my thoughts and certainly from the travel point of view, um, what they are saying is, again, you should be working from home where possible and that um, travel, even though it will is going to be eased somewhat, um, people, the ability to stay overnight, again, will only be within, like I said, the, the household. And certainly from a clerk point of view, I don't see any change except for the fact is that we will then start to see more traffic on the roads. Um, I was actually out today doing a checkout and I have noticed that the actual road usage, the amount of cars, amount of people out and about has definitely increased. Um, and I'm not saying just from yesterday, but I've been noticing it for the last month or so that it's been get, gradually getting busier and busier and busier. Yes, the same. I think the first lockdown, the roads were completely empty. Um, I, you know, I barely saw a soul. And I think the second and the third one, it, it's been busier. But certainly since after Christmas, there's been a marked increase in people out on the roads. I think uh, a lot of employers are taking steps to you know allow people to come to the office and properly socially distance whereas before I think a few of them were sort of saying well you can stay you know stay at home work from home um, because they weren't necessarily taking steps to make the office ready but the longer everything's went on I think people have then adapted and made those changes and maybe that's what the difference is that more people are um, being asked to go into work. Yeah, I've certainly seen a high number of people working in agencies, not just the ones that you know I personally work with, but certainly talking to other people and even just noticing, you know, when out and about doing the the role of a, a professional inventory clerk, you know, you will see other agents and you see them open and you'll see the people inside. So there definitely has seen a, a marked increase in people at the offices in, in, uh, on the high street in the agents offices working so um yeah you can definitely see a gradual increase there so again looking at it from a ppe point of view looking at it from a protocol point of view i'm not seeing any real changes for like steps one and steps two but when we get to step three which again the government is hoping 
going to be the 17th of May, then the activities and the rule of six changes so the rule of six it goes indoors um, but you can also have like more than two households um, but the social contact increases so what the government is saying is the maximum is 30 people outdoors so again we're still in that realm of well our role is within the property so therefore you would argue you know, there really shouldn't be anybody else there. You've got the rule of six or two households indoors, which again, we wouldn't be part of a household indoors, but then you've got the rule of six. So you've got to be thinking, okay, well, how do I feel about that as a clerk? How do I feel about potentially having another person in the property at checkout or, of course, interim if you're taking those up and, and what your protocol looks like? How are you going to manage that particular conversation with not only the client but also with the tenant with the agent um, and also thinking about your clerks as well I don't know about you Melissa but you know my, my first thoughts are well how are they going to feel what are they going to be wanting to do you know making sure that they're part of that conversation as well because it's not for me necessarily to to make arbitrary protocols and say this is what we're going to do I need to have that conversation and make those in conjunction with them because at the end of the day if they're not happy they're not safe or they don't feel safe and they don't feel comfortable then we're going to have a problem in regards to the working side of it yes certainly and, and from that personal point of view that everyone's circumstances are different and they'll have reasons why they'd be happy or not happy to do things um anyway if they've got a relative that's you know, shielding, self-isolating, um, that will come into play as well. So I think, it, you know, like we're saying, it isn't sort of a black and white right. You know, it's the 17th of May. We can do checkouts. We can do interim visits. It will be um, almost sort of a, a personal job-by-job -job basis, really. Uh, and like we say, for over-committing, um, you don't necessarily want to be taking on say a bunch of inspections and have someone in the team then fall poorly and have overcommitted to something as well. Exactly yeah so I definitely th would say to all our listeners you know talk to your staff um, it's not just about what the agent wants or landlord wants or the tenant wants it's also what your staff wants what your businesses are able to provide because at the end of the day my view is you know without our staff we don't have a business so we've got to make sure that they feel happy comfortable they understand the protocols um, and you work with them and I think certainly from a business point of view we've got to decide well, what does that all look like and what will we decide to do on a collective basis so if you've maybe got a couple of clerks who for whatever reason for shielding for other issues or comfort or, or whatever feel that no they really can't have people there at checkout then you you can't really have um, some that do and some that don't because then your service level changes and, you, and it's very difficult so I think you then have to make a conscious and, and business decision as to what you will and won't do convey that with the agent but not by just saying this is what I'm going to do explaining why explaining um what you're trying to do in regards to keeping everybody safe everybody feeling comfortable giving the best service possible um but within the realms of you know making sure that we're sticking one to the guidelines but two making sure that we're looking after all of our staff whether they're employed self-employed makes no difference we have an equal responsibility under health and safety Yes, I would hope that the majority of people uh, would be quite sympathetic to that stance anyway, you know, if, if the thought process is that 
we're not going to be doing checkouts and inspections at the stage. And like you say, you've explained your reasons. I think most people would be reasonable as to appreciating why. Um, and again, this, this is a very new to us. It's, you know, only happened yesterday that it's been announced. So I think most people um, are slightly anxious within themselves anyway. So I would imagine everyone would be quite reasonable to that sort of let, let's play it by ear. And it might be that you don't say, okay, well, this is, you know, this will be our stance until 21st of June or whatever foreseeable point in the future. But let's sort of play it on a week by week basis and see how things are progressing because, you know, things with the government could change at any point. So it's worthwhile us maybe not committing to certain periods of time um, and to keep it under constant review for what we're happy with, what members of the team are happy with. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a good way of looking at it is that keeping it under that constant review. You know, obviously, you've got to work with some kind of protocol. You've got to have some method of getting back to normal, you know, aligned with what the government advice is. And I think that's the key thing, certainly from my point of view, is adhering to that government advice that is led by the science, that is led by uh, the facts, the figures around, you know, the pandemic, how it's behaving. Um, I'm just making sure that everybody's safe. And, and if that is your override, overriding priority, then everything else is built on top of that. Um, so therefore, certainly from a protocol, from a business point of view, then hopefully we're hitting all the right markers. We're doing the right thing for the right reasons, for the right people. And just like you said, reviewing it constantly not taking your foot off the pedal and thinking well just because the government says we're at step three we just do what we want or client says oh well you know everything is fine this is what I'm doing and I want you to do exactly the same you've got to you know be very kind of clear exactly where your parameters are what your protocols are and what you want to do and that and then make sure that's communicated and I think that's the biggest thing and to be fair I think um, all the way through this I think communication for, certainly from my point of view has improved dramatically I think we've um, communicated so much more on different levels and really appreciated what each other are doing in regards to you know both our roles within the housing industry and talking to agents and landlords and tenants but also I think you know the wider business kind of sectors where we, I think we've realized that we don't necessarily need to just to work and think about our own little section our only little corner I think we, we've we've collaborated more we've spoken more communicated more been more open and more responsive and also more helping towards each other. Yes, it's certainly um, brought forward things that were never really prominent before and now conversations are had and it certainly was the very first lockdown. Um, everyone was very anxious. No one was really sort of knowing what was going to happen. And like you say, those, um, you know, conversations now and I feel like relationships have been built um, and are better because of it, because we've had that dialogue going along and I think that it shows an element of trust as well you know uh, we're all talking to each other we again were reviewing it step by step and they knew what to expect of us we knew what to expect of them and it's finding that balance in between yeah and I think that's worked really well um I certainly uh, obviously I can talk from you know my own client's point of view I think you know communication has been absolutely brilliant um support has been absolutely brilliant there's been a lot of understanding especially when you know you've had clerks having to self-isolate not be available and you know it, it's um, everybody's kind of like looked at well, okay well how can we work around this you know what can we do to get to 
the collective end to the point we need to be at you know how are we going to manage that and and everybody just kind of jumping in and, and I think certainly from my point of view I'm hoping that's one thing we don't lose out of this because all of the trials and tribulations over the last 12 months you know and a bit longer effectively when you think about it because we're we're officially a year in when you think about it but equally it feels like it's been longer than that that we don't we don't lose all the benefits that we've actually derived from it like I said the communication the trust the working flexibility especially from working from home I mean not so much for us because we do that anyway but for a lot of businesses this is new especially I think we, we were talking earlier on weren't we about agents working from home and now they're having to come back into the office and how they're feeling about things. Absolutely. I can imagine there will be a lot of nervous people going back in. You know, it's all very well for the phase to say, you know, it'd be step three and maybe more employers ask people to come to the office. But how they sort of feel about that and how that affects them on a day to day basis, I think that will have an impact as well. Yeah. So I think it's right that we all are concerned about how everybody's going to be not just for us for our businesses but so all for the clients for the lettings process and everybody involved in that the you know the whole underpinning supplier industry um because at the end of the day we're all human we've all got families we've all got worries concerns um some people are dealing with underlying health issues or they've got members of family who have so there's a bigger issue and a wider issue about not just about work, working and everything that benefits that bring i.e earning paying bills etc but also the health and the mental health side of things as well so I think we we all need to be attuned to that and make sure that we're fully aware and we're doing uh, our best to understand that and and make sure that as we think about our protocols uh, what we're going to be doing on a day-to-day basis as we go through steps one two three and into four that we've got all those at the forefront of our mind so that not only we're given a brilliant service brilliant reports um, and very efficient service but we're also taking into account the human element of it because at the end of the day we could equally go through any of these steps and then actually end up back to square one again because I think one thing the government is very clear of is that each step has got this five-week kind of like timeline because they need that data, they need that information to be able to understand, is this working, is it working effectively? But if we see numbers go up, if we see the death rates increase or the pressures on the NHS through more cases, then we are going to literally going to go back to square one because that's the only choice. Yes, I think so. And it, like we say, it's the human element. What we're hoping is that people don't see the steps now and think, well, it's, you know, it's February and will be back to normal in June so I'm just going to do the things that I want to do now and the virus rates step up again so we have to go back. I know Boris Johnson has said that he doesn't really doesn't want to take steps back but that is the only response um, if the infection rates go back up again. So it's still everyone playing their part and like we touched on with the PPE. I mean, I personally feel that I'll be using it until I've had both of my vaccines. So from that point of view, we need to to be doing our part and not be blasé about it. And then hopefully if everyone is on board with that, then things will, will be okay by June 21st. I mean, I don't know what the um, planned rollout is for the vaccinations for the wider public, um, you know, after those at risk and shielding. 
I know they said that it's going to be sooner than what they had thought, which I think I recall was going to be September. But again, that's a lot of people for them to get through. Um, it's a lot of worry for people not going in for their second vaccination, which I think they're already touching on, that they're slightly worried people might not be doing that. And that will have an impact as well if people have had the first one. If they don't go in and have their second one, then that could put us back a few steps as well. So fingers crossed it, it's all going to be over and done with by June, the summer, um, even maybe the end of the year, if, if that's kind of worst case scenario, if we do keep going back. But in between times, I think, you know, personally, it's almost as though we're exactly as we were yesterday. I'm just going to continue in that fashion, sort of going forward. And yes, things will change. Um, from my point of view, from the 17th of May, having tenants um, and landlords at checkouts and interim visits, even in those circumstances, I think you've got to work with what you're happy with. So whilst I might agree that they can be present, I'll certainly want us to be socially distanced. I'll be wearing PPE and I would ask them to be in a different room at a different time from myself. And as we said, as long as you are explaining those reasons behind it, I think most people would be understanding and reasonable of those conditions. No, I agree with you. And I think also when you think about it, we've, we've learned a lot over these last 12 months um, and what we can do differently. And, you know, there could be and maybe there should be a wider debate as to whether the way we've been handling it, the fact that a tenant isn't there in, in inventory, that the way that the check ins are being handled, especially because they're already looking at changing the guidance for smoke and carbon monoxide alarms not having to be tested at the point of check-in because you think about it from inventory professional point of view we're already doing that inventory we're doing that at checkout we're doing that interim so we're we're already kind of like making sure that the alarms are either there were uh, uh, emitting an audible tone or if they're not there or not emitting the tone that they're being managed by the um, either the property manager landlord or agents so we're advising them so where the real benefit is to have the tenant there to, to do that then the second thing is with interim inspections, we've got now the ability of inventory base to have tenant self-service inspections. We also have live inspections, which then helps with the issue of, well, a tenant could, if they want to, maybe skirt over some of the issues, maybe not showcase the property correctly. Whereas with a live inspection, then it's the uh, inventory professional, the property manager on the other end of the video, talking with the tenant, getting them to walk around. So then if there's still a concern, then maybe then a actual physical visit might be appropriate and recommended. So that's fine. So you've got two more options than we had, you know, say this time last year. And then with the checkout, have we seen any marked difference in regards to a higher level of disputes because the tenant hasn't been at the checkout? Has it been less? You know, what does that look like? And obviously that's going to take a little bit of time to compile. But, you know, could we have that as a, a model going forward? Because that's worked well. That's that, that's another thing to think about, isn't it? That's it. All of the things that we've been through have changed our practices. And some of it actually might be for the better. And now, like you say, with the um, tenants not necessarily being at checkouts, I think a, a lot of people will just take that as the norm now 
and they they won't be bothered about being there for future and a lot of that is based on trust you know if you're going to do what you said you're going to do they're going to get copies of the report and they feel that they've got a chance to respond or tell you anything beforehand you know whether over the phone or leave you a little note and that be considered then there's no reason for people to be really worried about not being in inspections um checkouts but again, we'll know that further down the line if, you know, if things come up with disputes. I mean, unfortunately, it might be one of those things that during the dispute um, adjudication, it, it sort of gets thrown into the mix anyway as something, you know, another point to make. Well, I wasn't there for the checkout as opposed to it actually being an, an issue, you know, that that was a problem for the checkout report. Well, yeah, absolutely. And this is the thing that we, we in a way, we need a, a way of kind of looking at that, of surveying that, of mapping that as to say, you know, 12 months ago, we, you know, this is like maybe the dispute level. This is the dispute level now. What are the key issues that are coming forward? Is that, as you say, something that's been highlighted or is it not? And also then looking at the mechanisms for making sure that tenants quite rightly have all the ability to have their say. So they can comment on the checkout. They have to make sure that they get a copy of the checkout. They know when to expect it. They've been given the opportunity to um, leave a note or you know, just tell you about things in regards to um, what you might come across at checkout when you're uh, making the phone call to them to confirm firm that you know the checkout's going ahead i.e you know when's your in attendance day um are you going to be handing over keys yes you can't stay uh, stay but please do let me know if there's any kind of issues or anything you want us to know or be aware of and that's certainly a conversation i know i have each and every time we talk about checkouts but we can automate that you know we're able certainly with the inventory based system to be able to give them a pre-checkout report where they can highlight the issues they can put down in writing exactly where issues have been they can photograph them they've got the ability there so when you think about it if we give everybody the tools to be able to manage that process well then realistically where the actual benefits of having a physical person there and do they outweigh the safety element for both the tenant and for the infantry professional being in close proximity not really understanding or knowing whether you or I or them have had a vaccination because at the end of the day, it's a personal choice. It's a, um, a medical choice for some. Therefore, it's not something that we quite rightly should be privy to if the tenant wants to tell us or we want to tell the tenant, that's up to us. But at the end of the day, that's a private matter. So when you think about it, if, if iris are asymptomatic and we're not wearing PPE, then are we not putting each other at risk? So therefore, if you reduce or eliminate that risk with having a no contact checkout, but having all of those different potential options in regards to tenants giving over details, et cetera, then surely that is a better model going forward. But again, we need a way of measuring that, of understanding that, finding out, is that working? How do tenants feel about it? Because one thing that sometimes get really annoys me personally, as well as from a business point of view, is the fact that tenants are often forgotten. They've forgotten that, you know, it's their money, it's their deposit. They've got a right to get that deposit back unless, of course, there's been any damage or any issues over and above their wear and tear. So therefore, they should be included in the conversation. And sometimes I feel that they're sidelined a bit. 
Yes, absolutely. And I think that it's it's quite easily done with landlords, agents, um, almost when a tenant's given notice or a landlord's given notice. So sort of the end goal there is to then just get everything moving, you know, have the tenant move out, have viewings, get a new tenant in. And very rarely is the tenant that's leaving pulled into that equation um, to really be told you know what's going to happen and have that dialogue with them and like you say we're lucky that we get to talk to them to arrange the checkouts um, and have those conversations but it is something that needs to be worked on more so we can fully understand you know where they're coming from and again that they've got the peace of mind of what we're doing and then we'll know if our practices can be changed for the better you know how things can be moved forward to try and incorporate it to be best for everyone yeah well exactly because the one thing that always can't get me is is the fact that as a lettings process if you don't have anybody wanting to rent in the property then you don't have a lettings process because someone needs to be going in there to be able to let it which then generates a revenue for the agent for the landlord somewhere for the tenant to live work and prosper um, and be happy and content with and treat them as, uh, treat the property as their home so without them none of that happens so therefore I think sometimes the mindset of how tenants are treated and I can um, attest to that because currently I am a tenant and I I've experienced uh, sometimes less of a, uh, a service than I have done as a landlord which I've equally been and also a homeowner so uh, sometimes I think that balance needs to be addressed but I think if we could do it in a positive way and not just be a case of well either the landlord's bad agent's bad or the tenant's bad but we look at it okay what can we do to make it better make everybody happy that to me makes a lot of sense yes absolutely and I think a lot of the time I'll have a tenant make a comment and I will put that on the checkout report and an agent will say, oh, you know, don't say that because actually this was addressed at this point or this was addressed at that point and it's not relevant. But if it's something that they're saying and they want to be included, then it, again, we've said the end user is the deposit scheme, um, the adjudicator. So if it is isn't relevant and they are going to make a judgment on it you, you know you have the opportunity to say this wasn't something that necessary in the report or it was already addressed at that time but I think almost by cancelling out what the tenant's telling you and not putting it in again builds that distrust and it's not for the agents or landlords to say that it's it's wrong we're not saying that they are absolutely 100% right. If the tenant says, oh, no, that, you know, that burn mark was on the carpet and it just wasn't on the inventory, um, we can still put in their comments and we can still add things in. And I've seen a lot of that where it's almost silenced at that stage because they think that, again, it's been addressed or it's irrelevant. Um, but from my point of view, those are things that I still add in the tenant's comments because it is important. Yeah, and it also goes very much down to our impartiality as providers, because then we are not seen as trying to side with one one particular party or the other. We're saying exactly what we see and we're recording exactly what we hear and what we've been asked to know. And I think that is our role. And I think if we can 
do that and do that effectively, then as you quite rightly say, the adjudicator, the deposit dispute service will have all of the information, all of the evidence that they need to make a fair and impartial judgment. And I think if we've got to showcase the fact that that's exactly what we are, we're impartial, that we are not picking and choosing, like effectively cherry picking what information does or doesn't go forward towards you know, the uh, deposit adjudicator, to the landlord, to the property manager, uh, or even back to the tenant. Obviously, the, the, there's some you know reasons you know certainly from a maybe a legal point of view, etc. You you can't just say all oh, and 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 then and then wait to see what the consequences are. But you can certainly make sure that if a tenant says, "Can you note this?" or I "Want you to be aware of that?" Then you should record it. Should make it available, and then can people can make their own judgment. So I think certainly one thing the pandemic has has done is made us look at our processes, look at how we actually manage lettings and how we manage certainly the checkout process and the evidence process and hopefully we, we you know, we've seen some improvements for that but I do think we could do with a much bigger kind of understanding of what that looks on a national regional or regional national level so that we can get some best practice from it so we don't lose all of that learning all of that change that has been for the positive um, because I think there's been enough negative this year and last year you know I think now what we need to do is learn from what we've we've um, gone through the last 12 months certainly from a business point of view certainly from an infantry professional point of view and build on that don't don't lose that focus because I think there's some been some brilliant work some brilliant people a lot of good initiatives that have come out of this whole terrible crisis um, and you know if we can pick little things that from that that can we could take forward then at least there'd be some positives that we can have out of the experience that's it it's just building on everything that we've learned so hopefully we don't just revert back to you know ourselves landlords and agents the same things that have always happened and then this is a distant memory it would be good to take these things forward with us yeah i totally agree so Key takeaways, Melissa, what would you say going forward uh, inventory professionals should be thinking about now in regards to the steps and, and their business protocols? I think that everyone should be thinking how they personally feel about it, how they interpret the steps, what they would be happy to do within each of those steps and be clear in your own minds um, what you're comfortable with and your reasons for that before you start talking to your clients, your agents, your landlords, um, tenants, and have that dialogue. I think it's important to explain your reasoning why and have in your mind that things will change along the way, either with then what you're more comfortable with as things go along, or the fact that you don't want to overcommit and the government might take a step back here or there, depending on um, what the R rate is, and really to be having that constant dialogue with uh, clients and agents, and to be working together, um, not necessarily to dictate to them, them dictate to you, but everyone, just as we have been, sort of harmoniously going through things, and really trying to work our way out of this in the best way possible, while still being safe still using your PPE, not getting pressured into having a lot of people on the property and, you know, not wearing your masks, your shoe covers, using your hand gel. These are stepping stones and they're goals, but it's not that things are going to be 
better at each stage and the virus has you know magically went away i mean i touched on personally i think i'll i'll still be doing a lot of what i do now until the 17th of may but i'll keep that in mind to be reviewing it but again as long as you're explaining that to people and going through the reasons why i think that um it's it'll be positive for everyone really it's a step out of things but it really is to know your own mind before you maybe start those conversations. No, I agree. It's definitely, a, I think, a case of now looking at all of what you've just said, looking at you know, your processes, looking at your PPE, your usage of, and not just yours, everybody you're working with, you know, if you're self-employed or employed clerks, um, and getting it all written down and very clear in your mind exactly what you're going to do going forward. And you could easily um, align it to the step. So as step one happens, you know, it's going to be literally business as usual in as much as nothing has changed, everything as has been running for the last couple months is going to be exactly the same. And then maybe align it to those steps. And in a way, when you think about it, if you do, if the government takes a step back, then your protocol takes a step back. Therefore, your client understands exactly what's happened and it's, it's very well aligned and then that way as it also moves forward and we um, get to the point where you know social activities the ability to move about to talk and, re and interact um, which we're hoping it will be effectively from 21st of June onwards step four comes into play then you know the relaxation and the business as usual then come so you you could align that quite easily to the steps and and have it written down but I think certainly as a business owner personally and for everybody that I uh, talk to and I train it's something I would definitely be advocating so write that down get a protocol template um, so that you can see exactly what you're going to be doing when you're going to be doing it and then it's also effectively communicated to your clients that everybody's on the same page and then when things do change and you'll need to change with it everybody understands it and everybody's ready for it um, I think the same as um, anything forearmed is forewarned yes exactly great lovely well um, I hope that's been useful for all of our listeners today I will be writing up a blog and I will be designing a protocol template which will be available on infantry base shortly um, but in the meantime if you do have any questions or queries you can contact us um, via email shan at infantrybase.com or you can go into infantry base academy or infantrybase.co.uk to access our blogs our webinars, our podcasts, and any other kind of information that you would like. Um, we've also got a closed Facebook group with a budgeting amount of experienced and new clerks right across the UK, all there helping, supporting each other through these difficult times and also through the not so difficult times. You know, we enjoy each other's company, um, look at what we're doing as professionals. So if that's something that you're interested in, then please do drop me an email and I can give you that link. That's uh, Sean at Infantry base.com melissa thank you as always great conversation um, a lot to think about today and i've got no doubt at all that it, when, when we come to our next podcast we'll probably be touching on this because this isn't just this one podcast conversation i think this is something that's going to be continuing all the way through certainly up until hopefully we reach the end of june yes i think this is one that will continue and will evolve and then hopefully each time we do a podcast things will be improving and we'll be able to to touch on that as we go.
Yeah, absolutely. I really do hope that. And in the meantime, as I said, if anybody's got any queries, wants to have a chat, etc., then I'll leave also my details um, on the Inventory Professional Transistor page, and you'll be able to see that on both our Apple and Spotify accounts. So thanks, for everybody, for joining us today and look forward to uh, speaking with you all again at the next Inventory Professional podcast. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Inventory Professional Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, subscribe to our podcast now and share the love. This podcast was brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports.